Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. In this episode of the Kettlecast, I'll be discussing the Hawks' loss to the Portland Trailblazer and a little bit of a preview for their upcoming game against the Denver Nuggets. Without any further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks came into this game against Portland having just lost to the Sacramento Kings in a tough game where they got down by double digits and were able to come all the way back to within one point in the fourth quarter. Unfortunately, after getting the game within one point, the Kings immediately went on a huge run and ended up winning that game 121-109. to The Blazers were still looking for their first home game of the season after losing a game to the Brooklyn Nets 115-119 to in a game where Damian Lillard went off for 60 points. Um, This also kicked off the first of a five-game road trip for the Atlanta Hawks. They're over in the West Coast playing Portland, Denver, both LA teams, and Phoenix before coming back home to Atlanta to play the Bucks. John Collins was not starting because of his suspension for a positive test for HGH, and Kevin Herter got his first start of the game first start of the season, which is very encouraging that he is back in the starting lineup. And finally, Alan Crabb was available to play for the first time this season after missing all the previous games due to an injury. So there's a lot lot of moving parts going on for the Hawks right now. Especially disappointing is this is 25-game suspension for John Collins. The NBA has been pretty strict on the drug uh, suspensions this season. Wilson Chandler, DeAndre Ayton, and John Collins have all gotten suspensions for testing positive for HGH, and especially for a young player like John Collins on a young team, it's been pretty brutal for the Hawks having to endure that. Super disappointing. Apparently the drug that John tested positive for is generally used for recovery. My brief research into it is it's primarily used to help increase a person's appetite Um, And it's funny, some of the people I have season tickets with have noticed that John looks significantly larger this year and um, always plays with a ton of energy. So it's just extremely disappointing that he's going to have the team have to go 25 games without him, especially at this first part of the regular season. 16 games of these 25 that he's out are against playoff teams. And so the Hawks really don't get any breaks without one of their best players. But Starting in his absence is Jabari Parker, and Jabari Parker has had a very nice start to the season. It's really a bummer to see John Collins get that suspension. First half of this game was not inspiring basketball for either team. The first quarter was really rough, and the Hawks managed to come out of the first quarter with a 21-20 point lead. The Hawks were shooting 35% from the field, and the Blazers shooting 32% basketball in general is a game of runs and this game fully embodied that the first quarter closed with the Hawks going on a 9-0 run and then in the second quarter the Blazers started the quarter with an 8-0 run the Hawks went on their own 8-0 run the Blazers answered with a 7-0 run and the Hawks closed with a 9-0 run and the Blazers ended up winning the half 46-44. Again, the shooting was not good. The teams ended the half with the Hawks shooting 33% from the field, and Portland was shooting 33% from the field as well. Going into the half with this game being 46-44, to it was pretty pretty poorly played. A lot of turnovers, 
a lot of uh, missed shots, and just neither team could really get any sort of rhythm going. Um, Trey really carried the Hawks in the first half. He had 15 points, but no one else was really helping Trey in that regard. Once we got into the third quarter, man, the third quarter was just awesome. Anthony Simons, a second-year player for the Blazers, just went crazy and had 12 points. I think he had a 7-8-0 or run by himself, and he just could not miss. He's a second-year player, like I said, and he's a kid that didn't go to college um, and went ended up taking a year off and playing at a developmental facility. And he's super young. He's, he's still a, a skinny kid. And to see him come in and just light up the Hawks, he is quickly turning into a player who just loves having the Hawks on their uh, schedule. And we just call those players Hawks haters. But he had a wonderful third quarter. And Trey really answered right back at Anthony Simons. Trey, again, I, like I said, had 15 points. He had four assists also in that first half. Just went crazy scoring 15 points and handing out five assists in the third quarter. He had two steals as well. Trey ended up playing the entirety of the second and third quarters, which highlights that the Hawks really don't have a lot behind Trey, but he played really well. And after that awful, really like rock fight of a game in that first half to have both teams play really well in the third quarter and end up in the quarter tied at 75 made this a game worth watch. Uh, if you get a, the chance, I would suggest going and at least watching highlights that third quarter, but it was just awesome to see Anthony Simons would come down, hit a three. Trey would go right back down and hit a three-pointer. He played on Oklahoma in college. The actual Oklahoma collegiate team was in town to play Oregon State. They were in the house, and after one of his threes, Trey pointed up to the stands to them. It it was just a really fun quarter after kind of a snoozer of a first half. The Hawks ended up shooting 62% in the third quarter, 43% from deep, and the Blazers shot 46% and 33% from deep. Uh, in that quarter, and it was just a really, I mean, that's why you watch basketball for a quarter, like that third quarter, so that was a ton of fun. Going into the fourth quarter, the teams were tied, and it it was a little bit of back and forth in the fourth quarter. The Hawks would get a lead. Uh, It kind of felt like the Hawks were in control for the fourth quarter. Two minutes and 33 seconds to go, the Hawks were up 102 to 98, but then they let the Blazers go on a 7-0 run that turned that deficit into a 105-102 lead for them. This really highlights for me just how young the Hawks are. Even on the road, you cannot give up a four-point lead with two and a half minutes to go. And it was frustrating to see them not only lose the lead and really go cold and unable to hit shots or unable to get good looks, but they got down by by three points. And so getting the ball with 53 seconds, having a chance to tie, was good for the Hawks. This is where Kevin Herter, also known as Red Velvet, really shined down the stretch. The Hawks went down. They got an open shot for Jabari Parker, who had a very nice game himself, and Jabari missed it. Kevin Herter chased down the rebound. He had to take the ball from C.J. McCollum in the corner And then right in front of the Blazers bench, he drains a three to tie the game. One of the best plays in all of basketball, I think, is when you're shooting in front of the other team's bench. The other team's bench is going to be standing up, trying to distract you from behind you. They all also get the best look at if that shot is going to go in or not. And so they're all screaming at Kevin, 
and he just nailed the shot to tie the game under a minute to go. It was just really awesome to see Kevin not only chase down that ball, but also really want that shot to tie the game. The Blazers, to their credit, Damian Lillard came down, milked the clock all the way down to under 10 seconds, and then just about as casually as you can went around one of the Hawks' best defenders in DeAndre Bembry. Uh, DeAndre Hunter stepped up to try to stop Damian Lillard. Damian just Euro-stepped around him and made a layup that was pretty just like easy for a player of Damian's quality to just like get that layup, put the Blazers up to with eight seconds left. The Hawks called a timeout down to they were able to advance the ball the play that coach Pierce drew up really didn't seem to work or the Hawks didn't execute it perfectly because Trey got the ball into Jabari Parker at the top of the key and Jabari just kind of stood there both Kevin and Trey went to Jabari Herter got the ball instead of like taking a last second three to try to win the game uh, Kevin went right into the paint drove and made a beautiful beautiful layup from high off the glass to tie the game with less than a second to go so to see that sort of sequence from Kevin was just extremely encouraging especially it being his first start Um, I'm not going to talk too much about the overtime period because the Blazers ended up just taking care of business and winning this game 124 to 113 old Hawks Kent Bazemore ended up hitting two threes to start the overtime period, and it really didn't get any closer after that. To see Kevin have such a magnificent sequence at the end of the game, especially shots that are pressure shots, that's what you want your young players to get. As we see the season go on, it's good that Kevin's getting reps in those situations and that he really wanted those situations. For him to chase down that long rebound off Jabari shot was just awesome, and again, to be able to drain a tying shot, I mean, it would have been awesome if it was a game-winning shot, but a tying shot in front of the Blazers bench had to be cool for Red Velvet. I'm going to get into a little bit of the top performers on both teams. For the Blazers, you have to talk about Damian Lillard. He had a 60-point performance against the Nets, and in the game against the Hawks, I did not think Dame looked particularly good. He ended up the game with 30 points, and that go-ahead at the end of the game which is really what he's there for, just to make a shot around ours, the Hawks' best defender. But those 30 points, he only hit one three-pointer. It just wasn't a usual ridiculous game for Lillard. C.J. McCollum had a big game, had 23 points, but it took him 23 shots to get there, and he only made one three-pointer. He His three-pointer came in the overtime period. It was pretty funny because after he hit that three-pointer, he sort of pointed up to the sky and said thank you to God or, or to whatever, just that one of his shots finally fell. Anthony Simons, I can't talk enough about that kid, had 20 points on 8 of 12 shooting in that third quarter. Go and look at those highlights. He was just on fire. And anytime a young player can start hitting shots like that, it's fun to watch. I was really sort of surprised the Blazers weren't trying to find him more in the third quarter just because of how uh, much confidence he had shooting the ball. Finally, Hassan Whiteside was really the Blazers' only big they had available, and he just destroyed the Hawks. He had 21 points and 12 rebounds, and the Hawks had no answer really for him down low. Alex Lynn, Damian Jones, Bruno Fernando, none of them could really do anything to get Whiteside off his spot. And Whiteside just is his big body. He's a a legit seven-footer and so on. On offense for the Hawks, they have to contend with that shot blocker in the lane. For the Hawks... You got to start with Trey. Trey ended the game with 35 points, 10 assists, 8 rebounds. He had 7 turnovers, 
but three steals and was 14 of 17 from the free throw line. For him to get to 17 to the free throw line 17 times is outstanding. He ha- did not have a great shooting night. He was only 9 of 30, but those free throws really helped him. Um, the Hawks, again, didn't have a great night shooting at the free throw line, but Trey did his best to get there. He was just wonderful in this game. And some of his turnovers as well, the bigs on this team do not help him at all. Jabari Parker, who, who we'll get to next, is really the only guy who's always looking to get the ball and is always ready to, uh, when they get the ball, to put it in the hoop. And I feel like some of Trey's turnovers, he does get caught in the air a lot. Um, and he does make a lot of aggressive passes, but I feel like some of them are uh, whoever's on the other side of that pass just not being ready or not being able to handle that pass, which is Trey's fault. But it'd be exciting to have John back just to have some, another player like Jabari Parker who's ready for those passes. Jabari Parker stepped up in a huge way now that he's in the starting lineup. He had 27 points, and he's also at least trying on defense. He had four blocks, two steals. And one of those steals led to a massive dunk where Anthony Simons tried to take a charge. Jabari, who's a big guy but is more agile on his feet than the average um, power forward or, or kind of bigger wing type, just stepped around him for a huge Statue of Liberty dunk. Jabari does what a lot of the Hawks players don't on offense, which is just be decisive with the ball. He's not always going to make the right play, but he's always going to be attacking the rim and he's always going to be making his decision right when he gets the ball. Jabari is going to have to continue being that for the Hawks. If he continues playing the way, the way that he is, he's certainly going to get some consideration for most improved player of the year. And I wonder if he continues playing how he is, if the Hawks get any offers for him as a trade target going into the trade deadline or towards more of the middle of the season because he has been invaluable for them off the bench. I hate to imagine where the Hawks would be without him, especially with this John Collins suspension. I have to say that a lot of my doubts or hesitation for of him coming to the Hawks at, in the offseason, he's proved me 100% wrong, so I hope he keep, keeps it up. Finally, Kevin Herter had 15 points in 31 minutes. Only 5 of 12 shooting, 3 of 8 on threes. He had 2 assists and 4 turnovers. Besides his sequence at the end of the game, which was just wonderful, it's awesome to see that some of the things that Kevin did in the offseason, namely get stronger, and really put a focus on driving to the rim have seemingly paid off. He doesn't always finish around the basket, but he's been a lot more aggressive going towards the hoop. One thing that's interesting with Kevin is he will drive and he won't take a layup right away. He likes to get to the lane and do a pump fake or try to make a move and get fouled. But I think that's something you can focus on him for the rest of the season is just seeing if he is finishing through contact, if he's able to draw some more free throws. And also, if he is, what are his go-to moves once he's down there? That layup at the end of the game to tie it was a really difficult shot. Again, high off the glass, not just your standard layup. So it's really good to see a player, especially one who started the season hurt and now is able to play without any sort of minutes restriction, continue to get better, and sort of some of the things that he would want to work on at the end of last season seeming to have paid off. Let's get a little bit to the fledgling focus with Reddish no longer in the starting lineup, with Herter coming back, there's not as much to talk about, but DeAndre Hunter was awesome again. DeAndre Hunter played 39 minutes. He had 14 points. He was 4 of 9 from three-pointer. It's really encouraging to see him get up nine attempts from the three-point line. He had five rebounds, two assists, 
He also had four fouls. He's still learning fouls in the NBA. I can think of one in particular where Damian Lillard was just able to kind of get Hunter on him in a switch and then just use kind of his experience to get kind of a ticky-tack foul on Hunter. But he was Hunter himself was more aggressive getting to the basket. It was funny seeing Hunter struggle a little bit going to the basket in the, some of the same ways that Reddish has uh, earlier this season. Both are trying to finish, I would say, in ways that could get it done in college but not in the NBA. And there were a couple drives where it feels like Maybe if Hunter is just even a veteran instead of a rookie, he gets the call, but the Blazers were able to strip the ball and and get a live ball turnover. Seeing Hunter knock down four threes was awesome. One of the great things about DeAndre Hunter that he continues to have is he was the only Hawks starter with a positive plus minus at plus five. So his defense, it's just crazy. Again, he he might not be the best starter in in the NBA at his position, but it's it's crazy how quickly he's become a solid starter or a de facto starter. He he's starter quality in the NBA already. As I said, Cam Reddish is coming off the bench now that Herder's back. He played 16 minutes, had no points, five rebounds, two steals, and two turnovers. And it's going to be adjustment for Cam coming off the bench. He only got up one three pointer. I'd like to see that increased. He does go after balls. I mean, those five rebounds is huge in 16 minutes. And two steals. I mean, the Hawks are being a little more aggressive on defense, trying to create turnovers. Seeing how Cam adjusts to this uh, new role of coming off the bench is going to be interesting, especially on this Western Coast road trip. Finally, Fernando. Fernando only played three minutes. That's extremely frustrating to me just because I think he is certainly better than Damian Jones. But Damian Jones and Alex Lynn are not really providing anything above Fernando where I don't think you just play your rookie center. Lynn's shooting has not been where it was last year. He had a couple air balls to, against the Blazers, which is rough. But uh, his defense has been, been solid. But Fernando only getting three minutes is not really inspiring or where I would have him. And he did have one steal and was a, uh, a Hawks high of plus eight on the game. We're just going to have to watch Fernando and I didn't see his normal energy. There was a loose rebound where it was like normally I would think Bruno would go after it and he didn't. I hope he gets more of the coach's trust going forward. I don't know if it's just like a lack of knowledge on the defense or what he's not doing, but I I would love to see Fernando's minutes at least go up to 10. And it might also be because the Blazers only had Whiteside as the really only big, and so the Hawks tried to go little a little bit, go small. Um, Especially I know Jabari played a little bit of five in this game. A little bit of a disappointing performance for for the rookies besides Hunter, but there's going to be up and downs this season for the rookies, especially getting DeAndre Hunter getting up, making four three-pointers, and getting up nine of them was encouraging. So we'll have to watch that going forward. The Hawks are going into a game against the Denver Nuggets. So after that kind of rough loss in overtime, they're going to have to just get, get up and go play the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets are coming off in overtime themselves, one where they won the game on a game-winning shot from Nikola Jokic. So both teams will have played overtime. There's really no excuse for one team to be more uh, stressed than the other, except for maybe the Nuggets being at altitude and being able to play at home. Here are some Nuggets that you need to know going into the game. Nikola Jokic is their all-world player. He's a center and a total hub of their offense. He's averaging 17 points, 6 assists, and 9 rebounds from the center position. He was drafted in the second round 
and used to drink a two liter of Coke every day. He's still not in the best condition, but he's certainly better than when he first came into the league. And he's just a player you want to watch when your team's playing him or really when the Nuggets are playing anybody. It's so different for a center to be the hub of an offense and not be really the uh, linchpin of a defense. Nikola Jokic just will make passes no other player in the NBA will make and has such a different style, especially being a large European big man in a league that's a lot of athletic and high-flying players. Um, he's just like a completely different style of player, so you'll want to watch him. Jamal Murray is their starting point guard. He has 19 points a game, four assists, five rebounds, and he really got a ton of a ton of experience in the playoffs last year. He is shooting 37% from three. The Hawks fans should be hyped to see old friend Paul Millsap. All Hawks fans should already know kind of what Millsap's game is. I feel like all Hawks fans should love Trillsap, but he had a highlight dunk during their the Nuggets last game, and he's wearing a headband right now because of an injury he sustained in a game that required stitches. He's you know marching along at 34 years old. He is averaging 12 points, six rebounds, an assist, a steal, and a block a game. And it should be fun to see old Trillsap playing against Jabari Parker. It'd be fun to see him go against uh, John Collins, but unfortunately we'll not get to see that. Gary Harris is another one of their stars. He's a shooting guard, shooting 38% from three. And then Will Barton is another starting guard for them who's shooting 52% from three right now, which is insane. Only on four attempts a game and... He's a player that I think is more suited to be a super sub, uh, just a, an awesome six-man, but he's really fought and played well enough to be a starter for the Nuggets. This is going to be tough for the Hawks to win. Again, playing at altitude in Denver is not an easy game to win, and especially coming off of a tough loss where they really fought hard and could have won a game in Portland. But there's not a lot of off nights in the NBA, and so it'll be interesting to see if the Hawks are able to turn some things around, and get a victory in Denver. Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. If you have any questions or comments, you can email me at kettlecast at gmail.com. I will be doing a mailbag episode very soon. I've got a couple questions that people want answered about the start the Hawks have had to the season, so get your questions in. It would really help me a lot if you could leave a rating or review on whatever platform you listen to your KettleCasts on, and if you could share the KettleCast with any of your friends. Without anything else, go Hawks!